Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this epic more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Twin Sons Book Club Podcast. My name is Eric, and today I'm joined by Christian. We're going to be continuing our series on the High Republic content today, talking about A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. Now, Christian, what I want to do kind of briefly here is just touch on a quick summary about this book, and then we'll kind of talk about some of the characters here. Christian, this was a book that was a junior novel written by an author who specializes in junior novels. And it's about a a group of of people traveling to the Starlight Beacon for the dedication ceremony of uh, the Starlight Beacon station. And this takes place during Light of the Jedi. So if you've read Light of the Jedi, this takes place simultaneously with that, kind of in between the legacy run disaster and the dedication of the Starlight Beacon uh, it's about these uh, people traveling there, and, and the Nile had sabotaged their ship, and uh, it's about a group of kids that get stranded on a planet and have to deal with all these different challenges going from there. But Christian, let's start talking about some of these characters. Uh, a lot of a lot of younger characters in this mm-hmm. book, but the main one, Vernestra Rowe, that's how I said it in my head. Um, yeah, that sounds great. What did you think of her character? Really cool being the youngest Padawan to become a Jedi Knight. I forget exactly how old she is. Was it like 16? Yeah, she's 16. Mm-hmm. So really interesting kind of coming of age situation for her because you think of a Jedi Knight, you think of at least a young adult. So it's pretty interesting for a character to have that kind of responsibility um, being basically, I mean, 16, you're basically still a, a child. Um, and just put in a situation that she is, that she doesn't really have an older Jedi Knight or Master to kind of lean on. She is thrust into that kind of wizened Jedi leadership role, which is really interesting seeing that she is so young. So I really did like her character a lot. Um, I think a surprising amount of depth for a junior novel for her. Yeah, I definitely agree. And and she's a Miri Allen, which we've seen Miri Allen Jedi before. We've got Luminara Unduli. We've got Barris Ophi. Um, some of these other characters that we've seen during the time of the Clone Wars who have some pretty substantial force powers. Um, and so I thought it was cool to see Vern, as she's called uh, throughout this book, kind of like you said, take on that mentor role, take on that leadership role, kind of be in charge of of our little group here. And I thought it was really cool. And we had talked a little bit about uh, in Light of the Jedi, talking about some of the technology at this time during uh, the High Republic era with the ships and all that. 
And in this book, we get to learn about Vernestra's light whip. And this is something uh, that we've seen and heard about in Legends. Lumaya, the dark lady or the dark woman, uh, she used the light whip. And now we get it here in this book, which apparently just you just turn a little knob and then her saber becomes a light whip. And to my knowledge, I don't think that's how they worked in Legends, but it's really kind of cool to see the technology again continue with a lightsaber being able to transform into a light whip. Yeah, really, really unique addition into the Star Wars uh, canon. And something that really think would be cool to see either in live action or just animated just to see the thing in action like what really to get to see the advantages of having a light whip over a standard lightsaber i want to know if they can crack the light whip that would be pretty cool <laughs> um yeah but i mean it's just so unique you get different kinds of lightsabers with their hilts kylo ren um with his you got darth maul's double-sided lightsaber um, but this one is definitely the most unique lightsaber. It's pretty cool that she just listened to the Force one night, and it basically taught her how to do it. And I think if it was a... Um, I'm trying to remember who wrote Catalyst. Um, it kind of went into some of the the science behind the Death Star and kind of go into that. I feel like if it was written by him, I wish I remembered who it was. I think it was... It was I thought it was James Luceno. I think you're right, yeah. I think we, it would have gone into like the science of the light whip. I think that would be really interesting. Obviously, in a junior novel, you're not going to get into it. You just get the – you turn the knob. But really, really cool addition. Yeah, and that was one thing. I mean, you go from reading Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule to A Test mm -hmm. of Courage by Justina Ireland, and you go from you know an adult novel to a junior novel, and – even with some of these other authors, Alexander Freed, Timothy Zahn, you get so much detail, almost to the point where it's like, okay, I get it. I know how the ship works now, you know, um, to this book. And you just want so much more detail. But like you said, with a junior novel, you're just not going to get that. Yeah, I definitely uh, think when you start reading this book, you have to have that in mind that, you know, we're, we're adults. We're not the intended audience for this novel and um just really understanding that and have those limitations in your mind coming into it um really does help the experience yeah absolutely and one thing i did enjoy about this and this you know is something that we've seen in other novels by justina ireland is the fact that there was a few pages of artwork and i know you read it you probably read it in the kindle right i did yeah did they have the artwork in there they did, yes. Yeah. Not, so I, not in color, unfortunately. I'm not, I'm not sure if the, the novel's physical copies had it in color. Yeah, it was in color, which I thought was really cool. And, and I'm a very visual person. And so even though this was a you know a junior novel, I, I really enjoyed getting to see what the characters look like and being able to picture the planets of Wevo or Moon. I can't remember if it was a planet or Moon. Um, but just being able to kind of see the colors and, and what everything looked like, um, see what the characters look like in, in the environment. I mean, for me, that's really helpful. Yeah, I think it's kind of an underrated thing that I wouldn't mind in the adult novels. Just seeing what all yeah. the characters look like in Light of the Jedi. I mean, we had so many different characters. Just to 
have a mental image attached to a name that maybe help differentiate the characters. Uh, maybe in a Timothy Zahn novel, every chapter or so you get even just like a diagram of what's going on because uh, his novels are so complex. It would just be kind of cool. And I don't know if everyone feels that way, but I'm all for that. Yeah. Well, one of the other main characters in this book is a young girl, a character by the name of Avon Staros, or Avon Avon Staros, and she's the daughter of a senator, and although her mother was a senator or is a senator at Coruscant and, and deals with politics all the time, this young girl is very driven by science and experimenting and uh, being a little little scientist. So what did you think about this character? She seemed to take the role that that classic archetype of a child who's basically too smart for their age and they know it. It really, for some reason, whenever her character came up, um, I thought of the girl from Up at the beginning who's just uh, going out for adventure, really intelligent. I don't know if that is a thing anyone else will think of, but it's kind of a picture I had in my mind. But I really liked her character a lot, just having all this knowledge uh, accompanied by J6, a droid that she reprogrammed herself. And she had, it really seemed that she had Wanderlust to her as well, which is just a classic uh, personality trait in Star Wars Heroes. So definitely an interesting character and pretty unique when compared to the other um, characters in this book. Yeah, I think I'm, I definitely agree with that. Um, there was a couple times throughout this book that I, I, I was a little worried for her in J6 only because of some of the things that they said. Now, now, granted, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but in the very beginning of the book, Christian, I don't know if you remember this, I actually had to go back in my notes to jog my memory about it, and then I went back and, and looked in the actual book to just confirm that it was a thing. Uh, but on page 15... She says, one day, I'm when I'm the galaxy's foremost inventor, I'm going to create a device that blocks the force. And that really got me thinking. I'm like, oh, geez, if oh, she can right. actually do that, I'm going to be a little bit worried because of all these Jedi that are out there. And at the end, of course, we, we know that she sneaks behind Vern's back, goes into her knapsack, and takes the parts, the pieces of Imri's lightsaber. Um we know she's an inventor. We know she's a scientist. We know she likes tinkering with things. She had studied kyber crystals when Master Douglas was still alive uh, with Imri at the port Hayleap, Hayleap that they were at. So I'm wondering, with more of her story coming out, I believe we have more. I think I saw her on the cover of another book that's coming out. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that her character is is going to have another major role to play with the Force and the lightsabers? I'm really glad you brought that up because now I do remember reading that. I remember thinking that she might be some sort of villain, but then throughout the story, she's not. So I think I just kind of repressed that, uh, uh, that sentence about her. So, But I think... I mean, you wouldn't put that in the book... For no reason um and, and we talked about that when the authors were kind of pitching the villains or just kind of the overall concept of the story of the high republic they thought about what scares the jedi uh of course this has to be beyond the sith 
So if you're not going to fight a force user, why not fight someone who can somehow impede your force abilities? Uh, I think we talked about that with is it Mar Martian Rowe? Martian Rowe? Yeah, I uh, think um, I watched a video the other day from Star Wars talking about him, the Eye of the Nile, and you were right. Mm -hmm. I was totally off with my pronunciation, but it's Martian. Okay, it is Martian. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never know. Uh, audiobooks would definitely come in handy. But oh, yeah. with, with his um, his device that we were kind of speculating in the last podcast, maybe it blocks the force. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this, this is another clue from a test of courage that we are eventually going to get a sort of device that does block the force. Because that would be the one thing that really scares the Jedi. Like the Nile, they're ruthless. Um, I think they can put some fear in the Jedi, but they're still just basically a drugged out uh, gang in the outer rim of the galaxy. They do yeah. possess some, some abilities, but against the Jedi, it's you kind of have to put the vantage to the Jedi, but if you take away the Force abilities, then you've got a whole different fight that's going to have a lot of fear than Jedi. So I really like that idea a lot, that maybe she'll come up with some sort of ability with her knowledge of crystals or whatever. Maybe she'll just stumble upon it through experiments. I'm not sure, but I would love to see it. It'd be interesting for that to come out of a junior novel, though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I'm, I'm hoping anyway, that... You know, you have these characters in a junior novel, you have these characters in adult novels, you got the comic books, you got all this stuff that, you know, with it being such a, a comprehensive, all-encompassing story that, that maybe some of these characters will be included, kind of cross-included with different mm -hmm. levels of reading, but I don't know, maybe not. Um, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, we get kind of like glimpses of other characters, like they'll mention a character from the other novels, like, oh... Right, they were doing this. Um, yeah. They were never like a full-on crossover, which would be, I hope they do it. I'm not sure if they will, but yeah, I hope so. Yeah, and we had talked a little bit, you, you had mentioned J6, um, Avon's droid, and what I thought was interesting with this is that she essentially, the programming for this droid is gradually stripped away due to a code that she uploaded, allowing her to create allowing J6 to create her own programming. And I thought that was interesting that this droid, it seemed like throughout the novel, was constantly like like updating or sort of going through some like mechanical metamorphosis. Um, but to me, I was a little worried at one point when they were in the cave. She was going through kind of what looked like, you know, like you could tell even just by reading it that she had changed a little bit from the beginning to where we see her at the end, but I was worried that this droid was going to kind of become some sort of like artificial intelligence that, that might even become a problem for our heroes in this book. Yeah. Um, especially cause J six kind of is the caretaker or, um, is it Yvonne? Mm -hmm. So the kind of like overall argument of how like artificial intelligence could kind of turn on humanity is that they have one, um, kind of objective in their mind, they take it to an extreme. So perhaps J6's objective is to protect Yvonne, and that means killing um, the rest of the group. So, yeah, I, it'd be really interesting. Uh, I, I was kind of thinking that, too, that perhaps it could happen. I mean, you get, get a droid that's 
quote-unquote sentient, it seems like that's kind of the case for J6, that something that could happen, and it's too bad it didn't. <laughs> That'd be pretty interesting, yeah. but it's a good thought. Yeah. Let's go on to another character, a character that uh, took a turn for the worst in this one, Imri Kantaros. He's a 14-year-old Jedi Padawan whose master got killed in the steady wing uh, destruction explosion. And one thing that happened with this guy, obviously he lost his master and he had a handsy that was killed by the Nile right in front of him. And to be honest, when that happened, I got angry for him. I like animals and, you know, I have three dogs here at the house. And so when, when that happened, I mean, you could tell that there was sort of an attachment there, which is obviously not something that the Jedi are supposed to have. But when they threw his handsy out into the mud and he saw that there, I really felt angry for him. And that was part of what drove him to kind of be tempted by the dark side, you know, all obviously feeling honesty's quest for revenge um, having his master die, being jealous of Vern and her power with the Force and her lightsaber, and all these different things kind of played into this character kind of being tempted by the dark side briefly in this novel. But what do you think about this character? Yeah, I love that internal battle of good and evil, and that's just classic Star Wars. And it is really interesting that... Um, Basically, his pet dying was a kind of turning point for yeah. him, um, which I think really does bode well for a junior novel. Um, when you're a kid, that's something you can really relate to, the, the loss of a pet. So um, when he did turn against Vern and they had their fight, the aftermath of that was pretty interesting because he received a lot of compassion from it he got steered back on the right path and it really got me thinking about uh anakin um i don't want to go yeah. too much into it but if someone in the jedi order would have given anakin that sort of kind of compassion and empathy and basically not just say get rid of your attachments you're a jedi now it's not what you do but give him actual direction and, and empathy, he would have probably turned out a little bit better. So it's cool to see that the Jedi are at the height of their power. They're a little bit better with forgiveness, too. I mean, when he literally fought her, she was the one that forgave him and steered him right. Yeah. I've had conversations with this about with people before, and I don't I don't really know what the right answer is. I mean, you know, with the prophecies and Anakin being the chosen one, would it mattered who was his master, who was in charge and, and all that? Um, or was it the will of the force for, for him to take that direction? I don't know. But um, a lot of people are saying, you know, if, if Qui-Gon hadn't died and he was kind of the one that was giving Anakin direction, would things have been the same? Uh, I don't know. But I, I think that, you know, your comparison there is is very eye-opening. I, I didn't think of that, but that's pretty cool that you that came to your mind. Yeah, I'm definitely on uh, Dave Filoni's side, <laughs> thinking that if Qui-Gon were Anakin's mentor, he might have turned out a little bit better. But he still has to take some responsibility for what he did, so who knows, maybe he would have ended up the same way. Yeah. Well, one thing that I thought was interesting about this character, and I don't know if you noticed this, because um, it was only briefly mentioned, but throughout this novel, 
when talking about Imri's lightsaber, they talk about it how it's not as strong as it used to be. You know, Vern's lightsaber is cutting through the leaves and cutting through the brush with no problem. But Imri's lightsaber, because it doesn't seem to be as strong, it's it's not really working as well as it should be. He even takes it apart in the cave and talks to Avon about the you know the the workings, the inner workings of lightsabers. And then at the end, when he's in his battle against Vern, it talks about the lightsaber being as strong as ever and what you expect a lightsaber to do. So was this, is Imri's lightsaber quality linked to his emotion or, or linked to his confidence? Did you notice that or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I did think that was pretty interesting because when they started fighting, I was kind of wondering what his lightsaber was going to do against hers was it gonna hold up could his lightsaber possibly be i don't know cut through um it's hard to know with the the weakened lightsaber but it's really interesting because you know there is like a relationship between the user and the the kyber crystal so i think it's a good point you bring up what is it linked to is it linked to some sort of emotion you hope it's not linked to a dark side emotion because that's kind of the state he was in so hopefully that's not it confidence um that could be it. Uh, maybe his connection just somehow got stronger. He was more focused, and that helped it out. But that is a really interesting kind of piece of potential, like Star Wars lore. Like, there's, maybe there's more to this relationship with user and Crystal than we think. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that with the High Republic and us getting more info on the Jedi, especially during this time period, that we're going to get a lot more info on the Jedi's relationship to the Force, their relationship to their weapons. I mean, we hear about Obi-Wan in Episode 2, you know, when Anakin loses his lightsaber, this weapon is your life, you know, and the Jedi definitely have that closeness to their saber. It's it's essentially an extension of who they are you know they they work hard to go through trials to get their 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 kyber crystal they they build their own sabers i mean these things are really um near and dear to them so i think if we can get more info on not only their relationship with the kyber crystal but the saber itself i i think that'll be cool and it is really interesting because the crystals are sentient so you think like Anakin losing a lightsaber would be sort of like losing a friend. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's really how they feel, but maybe we'll yeah, learn more about it. That'd be really good. The last thing about this too is throughout this this uh, this book, I was wondering with the loss of Master Douglas, would Vern take on Imri as her apprentice, as her Padawan? And at the end that happened. Mm-hmm. She doubted herself at first, but now we have another Jedi pair that we could potentially see move on in either another another novel or, or comic or something. But I think it'll be interesting to see um, that pairing and how Vern is going to be able to help Imri uh, deal with his doubt and get his confidence back. And and you know, we we know that a lot of Jedi have different abilities. Some are really good at jedi mind tricks some are really good at tracking some are really you know everybody has their own thing and so maybe his you know special abilities lie in something a little bit more unique and maybe Vern is going to be there to to help guide him to figure that out yeah i really do hope justina ireland's next book which i think comes out this summer um i believe that's correct i hope i hope it does kind of 
continue this story and show the relationship as it progresses as master and padawan um because a very unique relationship with such a young master and them being so close in age i think it'll be really really good to read and i think you're spot on with that hopefully we get to get to read about it the last character that is part of this group is a character who's an ambassador's son his name is honesty weft and uh, he's from a planet called Dalna, and the whole reason for this issue is um, they were they were going to the Starlight Beacon with the Jedi members of the Republic to they're considering joining the Republic, and the Nile didn't want that, which is the reason for sabotaging the ship and and the whole issues with uh, the start of the problems in this book. So, what do you think of his character? Another kind of classic teenager with kind of hidden angst and kind of like anger just kind of wanting to fight um really interesting kind of watching that build as his parents die and in a junior novel it's interesting to see a character kind of deal with grief especially uh, a teenager so i thought that was kind of a cool aspect maybe not cool <laughs> grief isn't cool but interesting <laughs> to read yeah um from kind of that perspective and have that develop and eventually have him team up with I'm blanking on his name, Emery later in the book to kind of seek revenge. It just seems like a classic kind of teenage feeling to have that, that fire burning inside of you. Yeah. His character was really interesting to me. And, and a lot of times in books like this with characters like his, I'm always focused on the Jedi. I really like, the, mm -hmm. the Force and the Jedi aspect of Star Wars and, and characters like his sometimes, and a lot of times, take a back seat for me. And that's not to say that I just don't like their characters. I think his character definitely serves a purpose. And as we see in this, they they were able to uh, capture the Nile um, potential kidnappers there, I guess, the Nile uh, pirates that they had and uh so now it sounds like honesty is going to try and uh, address the senate uh, uh on delna's behalf to try and join the republic at least that's what i took from mm -hmm. it so hopefully there'll be kind of an alliance there and and uh that'll bring more people to the republic so but let's talk a little bit about the Nile, and we didn't get a ton on the Nile in this book. We do know that the the uh, Nile members at the beginning of the book, Klinith Da and Gwishi, uh, were under Kasav's command, and we we know from Light of the Jedi that uh, that character is no more. He was killed. Mm -hmm. So Klinith Da is a human female, Gwishi is an Aqualish, and they were captured by the Jedi in this book. And so it seems like the Jedi might have some Nile prisoners to maybe come up with uh, some ideas on how to defeat them. But what do you think that this means for the Republic and the Nile? Well, at the very least, they're going to be... I mean, they're, they're aware of the Nile, but having possession of them can really help them learn information. I, I mean, I'm sure the Nile are very trained on not giving away information to the enemy. Um, I'm sure they can undergo a lot of a lot of pressure. I'm sure the Jedi aren't, aren't ones to torture for information, but um, I'm sure they're not going to let up a lot. But there's a lot you can learn just about 
their behavior, how they act. Um, the Nile are not normal people, so Republic can learn that. And who knows, maybe um, these prisoners are going to value their freedom more than their loyalty to the Nile, and maybe they do let some things slip. Um, and that could be a really valuable asset to the Republic moving forward, having some kind of inside information about the Nile. So, yeah, perhaps in future books, maybe we'll see them appear in a young adult or adult novel where they just happen to have some prisoners that you have to have read the junior novel and know who they are, who are leaking information. So definitely could um, have an impact on future stories and the rest of this High Republic um, story. In the epilogue, we got another member of the Nile group, and that's Kara Zhu. And basically, what this character, she's a Quarren, and it seems as though her plan is to go to Dalna, where Honesty is from, go to the schools, and rapidly attempt to recruit more members to the Nile's cause. Um, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. I mean, there's a lot of adult, uh, I guess, themes in some of these books. Death being one, obviously, mm-hmm. when you're a kid, you you know, death is, is I don't know, it's, it's kind of tough to deal with. I, I guess it doesn't really matter. Death is kind of tough to deal with no matter what age you are. But, I mean, losing parents, losing masters, losing pets are all things that happened in this book. And then now we have a group of ruthless pirates attempting to recruit kids in schools um, on on a planet of Dalna. So what did you take away from the epilogue? <laughs> um, it's not a complete comparison, but kind of reminded me of Jedi stealing younglings <laughs> from their parents. <laughs> yeah, Maybe good point. stealing, but yeah. if a Jedi comes to t- get your kid, you're not going to say no. Um, so if you think negatively about that, maybe there's some link to the Jedi, but that is pretty interesting. It might create some interesting kind of dynamics for honesty because maybe he'll be fighting against some of his friends. Maybe in a future book, he's in a fight against someone he's deemed his nemesis. They take their helmet off and it was his best friend growing up or something. Yeah. Um, so it definitely could be interesting because we know the Nile are recruiting, um, they have galaxy-wide aspirations now. And the fact that they're doing this from his home world is definitely no mistake. Yeah, I agree. I think it's interesting to see where this is going to go. And, and this was the second of the High Republic books that we've read. We are going to be reading Into the Dark by Claudia Gray in the month of March. And I know you're already most of the way through that. But I'm really enjoying the High Republic stuff. I think this book, A Test of Courage for Junior Novel, was absolutely fantastic. I really enjoy how we're getting a continuation of not only the Nile, but the Jedi, and seeing some of the characters kind of uh, at least mentioned throughout multiple books. And hopefully as we continue on, I think, you know, anytime you you start something this big, you're going to have to create a foundation. And with the two books that we've read so far with our book club, I think the foundation has been set. We have the the great disaster with the legacy run and, of course, the dedication for the Starlight Beacon. And now we kind of move forward from that. I mean, I don't know, maybe Into the Dark takes place during the same time period. Uh, You can probably tell me about that uh, without giving away spoilers. 
it does take place in the same time period. It's not after it. Okay. It's just about different characters. So um, it'll be interesting to kind of see from different points of view uh, what characters are dealing with that. And then hopefully at some point we, you know, I want to, I want more on Loden Great Storm and what Martian's mm-hmm. going to do with him, you know? So I feel like different authors are going to have to expand on some of the characters that other authors brought into the story. And at some point we'll have some major overlap, but uh, any final thoughts from you, Christian on a test of courage? Yeah, I thought it was basically what it should be as a junior novel. It was a fun read, um, fairly quick uh, being a junior novel. I think Justina Ireland did do a really good job with this one. Those cool additions to Star Wars lore, um, not just being that it's a new time period for Star Wars. There were some cool things there, but like the the light whip that Vern has is really cool. The character is really great. It was just a fun story. Maybe it's not essential to read if you're diving into High Republic. Like Why the Jedi really does set the foundation in the story, and this one's more kind of self-contained. But these characters might pop up elsewhere in future books, so... I think it's definitely one to check out, um, but definitely have the perspective of it is a junior novel. So it's not overly complex or in-depth, but it does make it a really fun, quick, and exciting read. Yeah, I agree. I think my favorite thing with this book was getting to learn more about uh, Vern and her character. She was definitely my favorite out of out of characters we got in this one, and I'm anxious to see her relationship with Imri and, and how that Jedi pair continues to grow. I really did enjoy the addition of the light whip. And I kept thinking back, like, have we seen this in canon? And I know we saw the Zygerian slavers in the Clone Wars with, you know, energy whips, which are, I think to me, I don't know what they refer to those as, what their technical name is, but they, they're they different, right? They, they don't become a lightsaber and then become a light whip. And so I don't know what the, you know what exactly those are if they're considered light whips or not but the way that they described it in this book the way that justina described it to me was very interesting and and unique so i hope we get more things like that as we continue to go on in in the high republic era um yeah definitely in every book too i mean this is a junior book you don't think anything crazy is gonna be added to star wars lord and junior novel but it was it looks like in every single book there's gonna be something that kind of is really interesting and makes it worth your time yeah definitely i would definitely check it out if you're interested in a quick read uh we did get a couple people radio rebellion a star wars podcast said it was great it was a great contained story that touched on a lot of the themes we love in star wars and then no thoughts lightsaber broken said i was really surprised at the dark side twist especially in a middle grade book but justina weaved it in so perfectly it's one of my favorite things about the book next to j6 of course so I think Christian and I can both agree on those for sure. So thank you guys for participating with our book club for the month of February. And for everybody who participated in our discussion questions, I don't know exactly what day this podcast will be posted. Uh, we're recording at the final day of February. So hopefully within the next couple of days, there'll be more discussion questions going up as well. Um, so as I said before, we are going to be going into Into the Dark by Claudia Gray for the month of March. And we actually have our entire lineup coming up uh, for the book club lined out all the way through August. 
So for those of you who want to get a head start on what we're going to be uh, reading over the next couple months, as I said, March is Into the Dark. In April, we're going to be reading the third installment of the Alphabet Squadron series titled Victory's Price by Alexander Freed. And then in May, we're going to be reading Thrawn Ascendancy, Greater Good by Timothy Zahn, which is the second book in the Thrawn Ascendancy series. We're going to take a quick break in June, and then in July, we're going to be reading Race to Crash Point Tower by Daniel Jose Older. So we've already got a bunch of uh, books lined up for the next few months, and then Amanda and I are getting married in August, so we're going to take a break for that month. We get a break for each of our our wedding months. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Can see how that turned out. Yeah. So hopefully you guys will join us. Uh, we're very excited. There's a lot of content coming out for Star Wars. I know I'm going to try and read some of the comics as well for the High Republic because I I just feel like I'm missing out. You know, I feel like I'm missing out if I don't read the comics. So, uh, but there's a they lot of great stuff. Promo. What's that? You can't have the FOMO, the fear of missing out. It's oh, no good. Yeah, I know. I actually just finished uh, the Tales from the Galaxy's Edge VR game on the Oculus, and there's one story that is told to you by a character named Cecil Slack in the Cantina, and you actually get to play through a portion of the High Republic era story and see Yoda and all that, so that's very interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was kind of a cool surprise. Yeah, we're still waiting on Yoda to really show up in these High Republic novels. He keeps getting teased. You're like, yeah. oh, Yoda would be here, but he's out doing this. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he'll show up eventually, but yeah, we're just teasing it for now. Absolutely. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us here on the Twin Sons Book Club podcast. We appreciate all your participation over the last month and look forward to having you guys join us again in the months to come. If you want to follow us, you can find us on a bunch of different places. We are we have a private group on Facebook, just the TSO Book Club. It's a private group. Just ask to join. We'll accept you, and we always love getting more participants. And then we're also on Twitter, which is just at TSO Book Club, and we post our discussion questions on both places. So... We'd love to have you guys there. Now, Christian, if people want to follow you and keep up with what you're doing, where can they find you at? Uh, they find me on Twitter at underscore CC Baseball. Uh, I've been doing these book reviews. I do one for every book that we read each month. Uh, I haven't been doing too much writing other than that, but I did write uh, or help write a book called Linking Galaxies. It talks about the psychology and philosophy of Star Wars. If you're interested in that, you can go ahead to my Twitter as well and get information on it there. Awesome. Yeah, definitely got to check that out. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our book club podcast where we talked all about A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland for the month of February. We'll see you again next month in March to continue our High Republic series with Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. And as always, may the Force be with you. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you. Hellmaster, Tatooine. It's controlled by the Hut.
I'll beat you to rendezvous point on Potterway. This time you are mother to me, I think.